0: Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good grief. Welcome to the program. My name is Willie Lawson, and it is a pleasure to be behind the mic. Um, This is a, um, because of how things are, right, this very minute, this is a blog talk radio native uh, program, so there's a change probably in the acoustics and the dynamics of what it sounds like, that's why we're broadcasting first on Law Talk Radio. A- again, pleasure, pleasure to be here. I want to talk about something today. I want to talk about something that sparked me um, a little bit ago, actually, right as I was getting ready to go to bed, and I just couldn't, I I just couldn't, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't go to bed, uh, which is stupid on my part. I realized that uh, it was a, um, a Facebook post put up by a, re- a re- good friend of mine his name is is stanley and stanley put up this book post and i'm trying to get to it now yeah i watching too much freaking tiktok Um, uh, anyway uh it's um he just asked the question why you know why does racism you know so exi- you know so it, it, it still exists Well, i i think what he's really trying to say why does it matter and i really think that's really the the larger question. It is ridiculous to think that somehow uh, racism doesn't exist, and I think that unfortunately there are oh, who was it? Oh, it was Gabriel Phillips. Uh, I, I did a, and I may still, but my schedule and my life has changed when I am not excuse me, I am not uh, doing the daily uh, or the weekly porch talk radio program at this point because I'm working a a paying job. So uh, we're not doing that, at least in the short term anymore. But in any case, uh, I got into a discussion about racism with one of my co-hosts there, Gabriel Phillips. Gabriel Phillips is a, um, a Mexican. No. He's Mexican conservative Republican uh, Christian type, and he he wanted to argue he wanted to argue that the the spark in racial division had to do with Barack Obama that racism was dead, and then Barack Obama showed up on the scene and just cranked it all up again. That is nonsense, right? It is completely utter ridiculous nonsense, right? It just is. So, so they, so this idea that if if it hadn't been for Barack Obama, racism would be dead now. Well here here's the reality of racism all of it it is part of our natural human condition because generally speaking people suck i, I there isn't really any other way to say it generally speaking people suck and people have sucked since there have been people. Think about it. Adam and the woman are in the garden in Eden. Everything is perfect. Couldn't be any better. Glorified bodies, gonna be around forever. The serpent says to the woman, "Hey, want to try some of this stuff here? Well, I don't know if I should. That's ah, okay. Some people suck, so they tried it, thinking thinking that they'd get away with it. You know, the woman think, thinking that she'd get away with it, like everything would be cool. And there's man, there's there's Adam, friggin' moron, standing right there. Okay." Let's bunch down on some of this. People suck. Even when things are going great, people suck. So, so, so we so when we're talking about racism and bigotry and hatred, it is part of the human condition. It is not part of some political program. It is not part of some political ideology. It is not part of some political party ideology. It's just how people are. See, there's the. It's just how people are. And when I say people, I mean all people. I don't mean just white people. I don't mean just black people. I don't mean just Asian people. Although Asian people, ooh boy, y'all got mm, my, y'all got y'all got the lockdown on the uh, on on the racism deal, right? On the bigotry deal, y'all got the lockdown on that, right? to be honest. So, we have been dealing with this, you know, we've been dealing with with these kind of problems since time and tradition. So, there is nothing new about racism, right? Racism doesn't have anything to do with Barack Obama. Racism doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump. Racism doesn't have anything to do with Republicans. Doesn't have anything to do with Democrats. Doesn't have anything to do with any of that. Racism is a noun, and under racism, appropriately or inappropriately, you have prejudice, discrimination, and antagonism um, directed against a person or people uh, on the bias of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. Typically, one is a minority or more marginalized. Not necessarily. It says typically, but not necessarily, um, so there you go, the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. Now, let me unpack that for a second. This is the um the I'm trying to figure out where this is from. This is a definition that you pop in when you pop into Bing, not Google. Um, the idea is that if you are trying to distinguish characteristics of abilities, qualities, so you can say that that our entire race is better than one, better than somebody else, or an entire rest of people are less than somebody, else, then that's what we're going to we're going to call race as a general, as a General definition, because all of this is general. It's gotta be right, and I talk, and I say this almost every day to you. If we can't talk in generalizations, we can't talk about anything, right? Again, that's this is this, even in this in this Wikipedia. Uh, definition. If we can't talk about generalizations, we you know, talk in generalizations, we can't talk about anything. So tonight we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about who uses racism. Because racism is used. And we we we're going to take a little, a, a little bitty break. And when we get back, I'm going to talk about, you know, my whole history. Because my whole history, I know it's anecdotal but it's the story that I have to tell, and it's the experience that I have. We're going to talk a little bit about that. You feel me? And after we talk about that, um, then, we're going to, then we're going to go on to who uses racism now, because people will use it. I'll call them the devils of division, the sirens of strife. We're going to be back right after this with more of that. Are you looking for a reliable transportation but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types and you should be? You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day, an honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. The web address is www.goodguycars.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired it's Flipboard yeah Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work life and play choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24 7 when you see stories that you want to save or share welcome back thank you ever so much for hanging out with us a little bit this evening um we we'll gonna talk a little bit about race this ongoing conversation now i'm not giving myself much time for this so if you call if you're listening and you want to call in i don't know if i'm going to pick up and it isn't because i'm trying to it isn't i'm that i'm trying to avoid the conversation i'm not i've just got a little bit of time it's pretty late here it's 1 a.m and um you're welcome to send me an email at WLS eight six zero at gmail.com, Um and we'll continue that conversation either by email or um some other way that I that, that, that we communicate like through Instagram, fight back media on Instagram. Um I just have a little bit of time here. So again, it's late and <clears throat> I've only got thirty two minutes. So if you'll allow me the if you'll indulge me this evening to continue without interruption, I would really Really appreciate it. All right, um <clears throat> you have probably guessed by my um by my voice. Uh, I'm a black American, I'm fifty eight years old, and I have grown up primarily in the South. Now um the idea uh this I mean this ridiculous, incredible, insane, inane idea that racism is dead or was dying even is um all the things I've just said obviously false. I wrote a piece a long time ago, a long time ago, five years ago, six years ago, called The um, the Failed Strategy of Colorblind. So I hear from white conservatives all the time, well, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. Well, yes, you do. Of course you see color. You see color, I mean, you see race, you see gender, you see um, sexual preference, you see all of that. Now, that's not the point that you see it. It's not the point. It's, it's okay that you see it. You see if someone is old. You see if they're young. You see if they're a female. You see if they're a male. You see if they're a female and, and they have gauges in their ears or they've got rings in their nose and 14 earrings on one ear. They have a tattoo of Juicy on their neck. You see all of that. Now what defines you is not notice it. What defines you is how do you react once you notice? Once you know I'm fifty eight years old and I'm black. It isn't like you ain't notice. It ain't like you don't know. Let's not be stupid. That doesn't define you that you noticed. What defines you is how you move from there. It's just weird that you saw me and you thought that I was you. That I was the same age and the same gender and the same race as you and that's how you saw me. Which, frankly, means you didn't see me at all. And that may even be worse. Right? So, let's get rid of that dumbass phrase, colorblind. Because nobody is, is or should be colorblind. Let's get rid of that phrase and all that to start with. Right? Now, here's the deal. Racism, the thing that the definition that I read from Bing, I think it's Wikipedia um, definition, does exist. And I just said it does. But we have to be really careful about what we define as racism. Understandably, like I said in the open we have to be able to talk in generalities or we can't talk about anything. And just because we have or see or, or have experienced ourselves or, or we see an individual occurrence, it doesn't mean that we can paint it on to everything. But we can talk in generalities. It's tough, isn't it? Like I was saying the other day, um, these kind of conversations have to include both nuance and context. We can we, we have to stop including phrases, black people have stopped including phrases of you people as racist. When a white person says, you know, you people, you know, black people, you people. And black people do the very same thing when they say the word us. If you say us when referring to black people, you're saying us and referring to all black people, which you whom you do not know, whom you are not related to. Like I said, and you do not know. It is exactly the same phrase as to win somebody says you people except for what you think is the intent and we have to be careful because the devils of division and the sirens of strife will take these phrases and they will use them to cause both division and strife because in the creation of division and strife, what you have is a vacuum of of leadership, and what happens is they're the people who get into that vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum, and that and, and there's space then for someone to be in charge of the narrative. So once they create the problem, now the the problem begs a solution, and people who are to offer that solution, which are often in these cases the people that caused the problem in the first place. It's Interesting in America that we live. I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, about my own personal narrative. I think it's interesting that we live in, in, in a time where um, a lot less and a lot fewer things than ever are based on race. Not that there aren't some, but so few things that were based on race when I was, golly, now I'm saying it. When I was coming up when I was, a little while, I was a youngster. I mean, when I was young, um, absolutely, you know, the if you think about the alacrity of the dynamics, it is absolutely Mind-boggling, really. Mind-boggling. What people are able to do. And I'm I'm not just talking about some individuals that have been able to accomplish, but just people in general. Just Just how we interact with one another. How, for the most part, we all do a lot of the same stuff. We all go to the lot, we all basically go to all the same grocery stores and for a, in, a, in in most of America, we all live in the same places. The thing that divides more uh, up than anything, especially in the world outside of the major cities, is finances. Not race. Not religion. Now, I know that there are portions of San Francisco and portions of Los Angeles and portions of New York and Boston and, and those areas where there are still, quote, Polish neighborhoods, quote, Jewish neighborhoods, Black neighborhoods, and that kind of thing. But for a lot of places, like I I live here in, in, in Central Florida. And what mostly segregates housing is not race. It's economics. It's money. Where can you afford to live? There are hardly places where, oh, those are where the poor whites live, and those are where the poor blacks live. Now, that used to be a thing. Because the the problem that, frankly people thought that rich white people had with poor black people, they have the same problem with white people. Let's <laughs> just, be, just, be, just be frank here. So, it's, for a lot of it, it's always been economic. It's not been racial. It's been economic. So, here we are. Things are different. And things are not perfect. Things are Are they going to be perfect? Can they possibly be perfect? Can you legislate them into being perfect? No. Why? Because you're dealing with people. And I'm going to say it one more time. Say it with me. Say it loud. People suck. Always have. And always will. So you can't legislate good. You can't legislate good behavior. You can't shame people into it. Generally speaking, you're just going to have to wait until it's, until less and less of it is uh, is available because it's being slowly bred out of people, like we've already seen. And that's why you see more multiracial multiracial families than ever. More Mixed marriages in that sense, you know, in the racial sense, mixed marriage is in the faith sense. That's why you see more of that. And in the United States, we're talking about racism. We have young people believing that the U.S. is the most racist place in the world when, frankly, it's just the opposite. It's not the most. It's probably the least. And I mentioned this. I mentioned this. I was talking to my friend Danny a couple of days ago that, that in America. This is the same place where you, can, you you can drive by a mosque, and then six minutes later down the same street, as a matter of fact, on the same side of the street that I'm thinking of currently is a is a, is a Pentecostal church and school, and down the street, around the corner, and up the street is a very is a Catholic church. And not far from that, a Baptist church. So within a mile and a half, there's a mosque, a non-denominational Pentecostal church and school, and there's a mosque and school there, mosque and and, and madrasa there. And then down the street from there, there's a a church, a Pentecostal church and a school. Up and around the corner is a Catholic church, and up and down the street from there, all within a mile and a half, is a, ba- is a very large Baptist church. This is what I don't see, frankly, anywhere else in the world. So this idea that we are uh, somehow uh, religiously intolerant is a narrative that's only only being sung by the sirens of strife. Because it benefits them, because they, it gives them a platform. And the and the devil's of division. When when people talk about um, the the tension between black people and white people, what they don't talk about is that the tension really isn't between colors. It's it's about economic status. Now. Are there incidents that happen? Yes. And we see, let's go back to Rodney King. It's, you know what, I'm watching the video like everybody else, and I'm thinking, well, there seem to be six, seven, or eight police officers. wailing kicking Rodney King's ass as he is on the already on the ground and, and basically in, in a subservient position. And yes, it seemed like in a the video um, these police officers were just taking turns on kicking his ass. That's simply, simply unfathomable. That's what I saw in the video. Now, was, was the reaction to burn down half of where you live? Was that an appropriate reaction? No, that was a dumbass reaction too. To go into communities like Koreatown and burn down Koreatown because of the actions of the Los Angeles Police Department. No, that was dumbass too. I understand major frustration. But then, to take that, and again, it was the devil's of division and the sirens of strife to take that and simply continue them the narrative of painting all white cops as racists was well, something that that shouldn't that, that should not have been done and should not have been believed because then you sort then you have uh, then you can never never never, never repair that. You can't lay that on the six or seven police officers that were involved in, the, in, that, in that crime. Now, I don't know. I can't tell you for the life of me while, why those guys didn't go to jail. I can't tell you. I am of the mind that it had less to do with racism and more to do with protecting the LAPD. And their union, and they would at the time the city would rather keep them happy than a economically disadvantaged community, but who they thought that all that would, all of it would just blow over eventually, and it wasn't worth wiling up the the powerful LAPD and the powerful LAPD. Uh, union. That's my thought. Because otherwise, it's just it was just a dumbass movement. It doesn't make any sense. Now, some people will say, "Well, it was racism." I'm not going to racism in California. I mean, California has been desegregated since 1943. Since 1943. And you don't see that, and you don't see that kind of behavior in places where you expect it, or y'all expect it in the South. Now, the South for me is a panacea for black people. And what are you talking about, Willie? Because the, because the South reaches racial equilibrium and racial race relations equilibrium faster than anywhere else in the country. I don't know whether it's the heat. I don't know whether it's our natural inclination to be polite and get along just because we have to get along or it is the general economic atmosphere. That is my guess. Because a lot of us are in the same boat economically. A lot of those Folks that would be warring against one another are in the same economic class. And it's much more dangerous for the, divi- the devils of divisions and the sirens of strife to sing their song. Now I'm talking about groups like the Ku Klux Klan, devils of division. I'm talking about the um, 1960s, 1940s, 50s, 60s Democrats. Some would say Dixiecrats. They're Democrats. They were only called Dixiecrats because they were in the South. The Democrat is a Democrat is a Democrat is a Democrat. Be mad, be happy, be upset. Wow. Doesn't matter. And now, groups like BLM. Interesting. Side note, where the hell is BLM? BLM has been pushed to the side because of immigration, getting illegal immigrants in, separation of families. That sort of talk has supplanted BLM. Where's BLM? Do Black Lives Matter anymore? Where the hell is BLM? Where the is BLM? Do they matter anymore? Or is it all about keeping families together? Is it all about open borders? Is it all about illegal immigration? All about giving health care to people who don't live here when people who live here and are living in the streets now don't have health care? Who don't have a place to stay? A place to take a freaking crap? A place to have clean clothes? And take a damn shower, and you're worried about illegal immigrants b- being put into in, in, detention centers, and you're mad because ain't like the freaking Hilton. When you have U.S. vets living out in the streets with no med- with no housing, no medication, no food, yeah, man, go to hell. Um, oh, sorry. I'm just I, just I just got off on a rant. My my fault. Let's talk about something that George W. Bush mentioned: the big the the soft bigotry of low expectations. That's all part of the sirens of strife. How do you say that you are being helpful in a situation to a race of people when you're saying, well, of course they're going to struggle in this area because of 400 years of slavery, or of this, or that. So when you're talking about African Americans, you know they all struggle in this area. What? You expect me not to do well in school? You expect me not to be able to handle my own personal finances? You expect me to have children out of wedlock? You expect me to sell drugs? You expect me to do drugs? You expect me to be less simply because of the color of my skin? And then you call somebody else who expects me not to do drugs, who expects me not to have children out of wedlock, who expects me not to sell drugs, to expect who expects me to handle my, my own finances, who expects me to do well in school. You're calling that person a racist? That don't make no damn sense. That doesn't make any damn sense to me. Now, that may make sense to you. You may enjoy that. You may think that's perfectly okay. You may think that, that, that the other thing I'm talking about is, is, is realistic and compassionate. I think it goes back to what George Bush says. The, it's the soft bigotry. Actually, not so soft bigotry of low expectations. You expect me to be less. And you are giving me leeway to be less. Hmm. Pray not. Not accepting that. I am not going to give in to that. I won't be giving into that not today. Not ever. Not ever. We're gonna take a little break, we'll be back. Finish up. Thank you ever so much for coming to the program today. In America, there are 3 proven ways to build wealth: business, investment, and real estate. All 3 seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the 3 hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It Rent It Profits and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at BuyItRentItProfit.com. BuyItRentItProfit.com. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest, used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813 999 9992 The web address is www.goodguycars.com All right. How y'all doing? Uh, my name is William Lawson. And again, you guys do me a, a huge favor. If you would simply be so kind as to send me an email at WLS860 at gmail.com, WLS860 at gmail.com, let me know on what platform you heard the program today. Where'd you hear it? Was it on Blog Talk Radio? Was it on Spreaker? Was it on iHeart.com? Did you hear it on Spotify? Where did you hear the program? That would be super, super helpful um, right now. That would be just phenomenally helpful. Uh, I would appreciate it greatly if you would help me out there. That helps us with our marketing. That helps us with the time that we spend posting on, on, on social media. That helps us with a lot of, lot of, lot of lot of things. So we've, again, we again that, real that that would be very kind if you would do that for us. Thank you so much. Um let me see. Uh I wanna talk about we're talking about racism here this evening and its effects and 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 why it it gets talked about. This is ongoing conversation. Um I've already talked about yeah, I'm not going to be part of the the nonsense that um And it is nonsense and foolishness that doesn't exist anymore. Just bearing one head up up one's ass and pretending that it doesn't exist anymore uh, because it certainly does. And and I think always will because people suck. And as long as people suck, we will have racism, bigotry, hatred, backbiting, murder, thievery. We'll have all gluttony. We'll have it all why because it's the nature of the human being the human being is a sinful awful terrible nasty thing outside of christ it is just saying just saying so we have to be very very careful now of what ends up being racism and more importantly i only have more minutes thank you so much and thank you for and thank you guys for um for letting me get all these thoughts out without having to go back and forth and calls. I really appreciate that. Um, it is. This is an important part to me. Even if you face it, even if you see it up close and personal, what kind of effect are you going to let it have in your life? You may see it. You may experience it. It may end up in your living room. They can't say well really you know you, it's because maybe you've lived a life you haven't seen it up close and personal I've told the story a bunch of times about a, a scar that I have on the back of my hand from a Tampa Police Department officer that I got when I was I was 11 or 12 years old and, it, and I still believe to this day it was just it was just racism it was blatant bigotry so yes and i too like a lot of black men in america have been pulled over dwb yes i have i have not had the horror of had of of having having a um, a police, police officer pull a service revolver or a service his service weapon on me i have not experienced that horror can't imagine anything more scary. I have not. But my uh, other interactions with police in that sense, have some of them been rooted in racism? I believe so. So again, I'm not one who believes that racism doesn't exist. I'm not one that believes that there are no racist cops because... There are racist dentists, there are racist doctors, they are racist fire people, there are racist teachers, there are racist um, dry cleaners. Of course, it only stands to reason they're going to be racist police and attorneys, politicians. Only stands to reason athletes. So it doesn't seem like that would be so much out of the ordinary. I just have to I just have to decide what kind of effect I'm going to let it have on me moving forward. When everything else in my life is going really well. That I'm going to be shut down by some action of some racist asshole in some racist racist event in my life that i'm just going to shut it down because of that and i'm going to decide that the there's no path forward for me in america because this happened to me or there's no path forward for me in america because this thing happened to somebody else the best way to fight racism and bigotry is with success is success in the face of it. That's the best way. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying it's it's not dangerous. I'm not saying it's not scary. It's all of those things. But the best way the only way to have i mean to to combat these things bigotry hatred racism is with being successful in the face of it that's the best way as a matter of fact it is my contention is the only way because what you can't do is you can't legislate Better behavior from people. You can't legislate people to be moral. You can't. It's failed forever and will continue to fail. What you can do is be successful in their faces. That's what you can do, and basically the only thing you can do. Let me get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you